You know, sometimes Freedom City, sometimes we have to just like uh, uh, acclimate, you know, to the, to the uh, uh, culture. You know, Jacqueline had come and said, can I, uh, 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 you know, I, I want to dedicate my baby, but I'm not, but, you know, it's not currently with me. And so uh, we decided to open it up. I was talking to Pastor Joshua, and we decided to really just to open it up to be have anyone in that situation because we figured there was a few of us in the house that were in that situation. And so, uh, uh, man, what an honor. I love kids, so I'm like, I, I did pretty good today. Normally I'm crying the whole time. So, <laughs> And so right now, We are in a series, we are in a series right now called Classics, Messages That Shape Our Culture, right? And so I had been in, in uh, university and Bible college and seminary eight years leading up to the launch of Freedom City in 2015, right? In 1998 to 2000, I was at the Victory Outreach School of Ministry in L.A., then Bethel Bible College uh, as a missionary in the, the Philippines from 2001 to 2003. And then I picked up my theological studies once again uh, at the New Mexico Department of Corrections from 2007 to 2009. And then from 2010 to 2016, I came to Springfield, uh, got an AA, BA, MA, from Central Bible College, Evangel, and AGTS. And so, come on, <laughs> that was a lot of school, man. So as I just realized, uh, as I was doing this sermon prep, that I really have 13 years of theological uh, studies at General Ed, uh, and also an additional two years of General Ed at University of New Mexico. Uh, so eight years of uh, theology with the BA and MA, and then recently, two more years part-time at Drury University in the non Master's of Nonprofit and Civic Leadership course, right? And so here I am. I just That's a lot of schooling. I'll, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I can... I'll, I don't think I'll ever be able to have time to finish my doctorate, but you know what I mean? It's just... A, it's a, it takes a lot of time. Uh, 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 so uh, uh, back in 2015, we launched the church, and so here we are. You know what I mean? I just got out of Bible school, and then in sem I was actually graduated seminary like uh, two months after we launched the Sunday services at AGTS, and so, uh, uh, you know, I was ready to, to go. Expository preaching is something that we value uh, here at Freedom City. Uh, uh, we like to go through books of the Bible uh, from a... a, a, a uh, 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 expositorily, but also a biblical theology lens rather than more of a systematic theology lens, right? So what expository preaching, what that does is it allows the Bible to speak for itself, right? So we believe in explaining what the Bible means by what it says, right? This also involves what? Exegesis, right? Which is the technical and grammatical exposition, the careful drawing out, of the exact meaning of a passage, and of course, hermeneutics, right, which is Bible interpretation, and uh, that is key. All believers, in my opinion, need to take, take a, a course in hermeneutics, or at the very least, 
read Grasping God's Word by Duvall and Hayes. To be able to understand Scripture, you've got to understand what was being said at that time, who was saying it, who were they saying it to, right? And understand uh, the message at that time. And then you pull it out and you cross the, uh, uh, cross the bridge, right, into application and how that applies uh, for us uh, uh, today. And so, uh, uh, because there's so many cultural nuances that someone said something 2,000 years ago, it might mean something, something different than it means in the north side of Springfield here 2,000 years later, right? I mean, it's, how many know it's even, uh, I mean, uh, a slang that I used in, in, in New Mexico and California, I got out here and nobody understood me, you know what I mean? And so I had to like kind of change the way, way I talked, you know what I mean? And so uh, if things can be different, you know what I mean, a few states over, how many know that 2,000 years ago in a different country, in a different uh, era, you know what I mean, that we need to have pro- proper uh, a biblical interpretation, right? And so I like biblical theology over systematic theology, but it focuses on the teachings of the individual authors and books of the Bible and places each, each teaching in the scripture's historical development, right? So it's a presentation of the Old and New Testament uh, teachings within their historical setting, right? It's a study of the doctrine of God arranged according to their chronology, according to the historical background, in contrast to systematic theology, which categorizes doctrines according to specific topics, right? So what systematic theology is like, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about resurrection. Then we'll go back and look at every place that, that, that has the word resurrection and do a, a word study and, and pull that out, whereas biblical theology looks at the development of revelation uh, throughout the entirety of scripture and breaking it down to the particular authors uh, 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 and stuff like that. Uh, so just as each, uh, you, you know, on the surface, it may appear that the, the Bible is just a collection of random stories about Yahweh and what he has done in the past, but there is a greater unity that binds these stories together in a big, big story, uh, God's meta-narrative, right? Just as each book of the Bible has themes that weave together to make a, make a point, uh, 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 so the, the, the entire Bible uh, 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 is woven together uh, 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 as a whole and has, has some main points, some main themes that stream through it. Right, the entire canon of Scripture is about a loving Creator God who seeks to find a people, to draw out a people, to restore a people to Himself under the rule and reign of God, of the Godhead in His kingdom. Right, hence we see why doing things God's way under God's rule, God's reign, and joining Christ in His mission to reach the lost is primary. I believe that you cannot. There, that is the main. That is the main point uh, uh, of Scripture, right? Christ's mission, right? A loving God finding a people. Uh, uh, that is the, the. That is key, and that's what we're about here at Freedom City Church. So, in these classics, I'm, I'm taking us through just a few uh, 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 messages. You know what I mean? Through the Acts series, through the Luke series. Uh, uh, and for those that haven't been here seven or eight years so that you can kind of uh, catch the vision of what we're about here at Freedom City Church. 
So we started with that, that two-year expository uh, a series on the book of Acts. Then we spent a couple years in Luke, right? Luke was the author of both Acts and Luke, so that's kind of a biblical theo theology lens. We went with the author of those two uh, books, right? And plus, I, I dig the pneumatology, come on. Uh, but that just means spirit, y'all. I mean, I paid $250,000 for this education. Can I use the word pneumatology once in a while? Come on, <laughs> give me some slack. You know, I'm trying to make my money work for me over here. I can't. The title of the Luke series was Jesus, Friend of Sinners, Mission Motivated by Love. The title of the Acts series was The Church on Mission and the Power of the Holy Spirit. So tonight, today we're talking about uh, a message titled, Do You Hear the Cry? Right, so this was originally given back in 2016 at the seminary uh, where we launched Sunday ser services, and this is just, it's pulled out of the entire context because we are going uh, uh, verse by verse, uh, but part, the heart of this message is partly uh, what, what, who we are here at Freedom City Church. See, if you don't know who you are and you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. Come on, somebody. So we know who we are, we know our identity, and we know where we are going. We are a missional community going after the lost, the last, and the least, and really anyone in our community uh, uh, that is broken. You know what I mean? And so just be, uh, uh, we just have an anointing for addicts and, and convicts and, and, re and returning citizens. You know what I mean? Probably that's, that's my background, so that gives us uh, uh, that we have just have an anointing for that, you know. But uh, uh, but at the same time, most of our leaders are actually not, you know what I mean, uh, uh, ex ex crackheads and alcoholics, except Christina. Christina is an ex crackhead. Were you a crackhead? I'm sorry, she was not a crackhead. My bad. Um, scratch that from the record, video guy. <laughs> I was too, my G. Christina was an alcoholic, y'all, but anyway. <laughs> Set free by Jesus, though. Come on. New identity. So there's three points in this text that we're going to pull out today. The primacy of the gospel, guidance comes in motion, and the cry of the hurting. Right. So Acts gives a picture of what the church uh, uh, should be. Right, what the church should look like. In Acts, you see this is between the death of Jesus and the death of the resurrection of Jesus and the death of Paul the apostle. And this is really when the church was formulating, like, what do we believe? You know what I mean? What did Jesus say? And you know what I mean? They're, they're really formulating uh, 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 the groundwork, the foundation of what the church would be. So stand with me as we read the text today. It's Acts 16, 1 through 10. And it reads like this. Paul went first to Derby, then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. Somebody say Timothy. Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Everybody say but. but. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised. Somebody say, ouch. ouch. <laughs> Before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. 
Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of, uh, of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them. Everybody say prevented. prevented. Everybody say the Holy Spirit stopped them. From preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go in. Everybody say again. Amen. So instead they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, God, Lord, for uh, just the amazing worship that we've had and the baby dedications. And God, Lord, now we pray that your word would, would come forth with power, God, that it would touch hearts, that it, it would change lives, God, that you would just open up, God, Lord, this passage to us. God, Lord, teach us, God, to be people that are led by the Spirit. Lord, teach us to be people that are missional, that put uh, 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 the eternal things above the temporal, that put souls, God, Lord, above all, and God, in worship of you. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Go ahead and tap your neighbor and say, You look good today. Unless you're sitting next to my wife. The first point, the primacy of the gospel, right? So we see that this, this text starts off, right, that, that, that Paul is, like, out of respect for the Jews, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised. Does everybody know what that means, circumcision? And so uh, 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 they went from town, he got circumcised, and they went around instructing people uh, uh, what the apostles had said, right? So to Paul, the gospel was primary. It was the, of main importance, right? Uh, nothing else got in the way, not prisons, not beatings, not backstabbings, not even his own life, right? So uh, he has Timothy circumcised. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, Timothy was considered a Jew because his mother was a Jew. It's the same uh, 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 today, right? Uh, uh, and they were also uh, Christians, his mom, Eunice, and gra grandma Lois, but uh, uh, Timothy's father was a Greek, so this would have been looked down on, you know, by the Jewish Christian uh, community, right? And, and so uh, uh, Paul had Timothy circumcised, right? And so talk about being sold out. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? This was not a Freedom City logo. Come on. This was circumcision of a grown man. You know what I mean? And so in Acts 15, the Paul and Barnabas had uh, uh, vehemently uh, spoke and argued against the Judaizers who were saying that people had to be circumcised, right, to be saved, right? So why would he have Timothy circumcised, right? But the, the interesting thing here, too, is Timothy had so much respect for God and uh, uh, trusted Paul's, like, authority, right, that he went ahead and got circumcised so that, the, so that people would accept the message, right? So if Paul took an uncircumcised uh, side rider into the synagogue, 
it would have been an offense to the Jews. That's all they would have focused on, and they would not have heard the message, you know, uh, 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 of salvation through Jesus Christ apart from works, apart from circumcision, right? Uh, and so uh, Paul uh, did not believe circumcision mattered to, uh, uh, you know, for salvation, right? In fact, he 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 one time he saw in one passage he said. You know, you're trying to get everybody to get circumcised to be saved. Why don't you castrate yourselves? He said, Paul said that. I didn't, I'm just saying what Paul said. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's pretty hardcore. You know what I mean? Oh, man. And so, uh, but, but to Paul, watch this. The gospel was of primary importance and nothing else got in the way. Even his freedom, even his life, even circumcising his side rider. But Paul is adamantly opposed. We know that. And so, but in 1 Corinthians 19.23, he says, I become all things to all people that I might win some. To Paul, it was more important that people would be saved, that he would, he would, he would acclimate, you know what I mean, to the, to the, the culture, to, to how they felt, you know, not without sin, right? There's a difference between, you know what I mean, uh, acclimating so much to the culture where you're in sin, you know what I mean? So Paul was not, was not doing that. Right, but he became all things that he might win some. Right, and so Paul had a mandate. Right after Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, Jesus said, "I will rescue you from your own people and the Gentiles, but I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Right to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness of sin and a place among God's people." Right in his testimony between before King Agrippa, you know when he was locked up and on his way to uh, 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 the uh, uh, prison in Rome, he told King Agrippa, "Hey, look, all I've done is I've followed the heavenly vision that I got years ago on the road to Damascus. I have not deterred from that." Right? I have preached that all, all men and women must repent of their sins and turn to God and to prove that they have changed by the good things that they do. That's a whole message right there on the song, that part. <laughs> and Romans 1.16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation unto all those who believe. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel, being on mission was primary to Paul, right? He would forego his own rights for the sake of the gospel, right? Uh, he believes this is how all Christians uh, should believe, should behave, right? Put importance on eternal things, not temporal things. He calls himself a slave to God. Slaves had no rights, Right, he calls himself a slave to God. Anything temporal, any any money, any a system must bow down to the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. In Ephesians, he told slaves to obey their masters. However, he went on to say, if you can get your freedom, do it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you can get out of that, do it. You know what I mean? But for the sake of the gospel, just, you know. Uh, and Philemon, he asked Philemon to take back his runaway slave, Onesimus, not as a slave, but as a brother. And he, he told him, hey, if he owes you anything or it costs you anything, put it on my account. And then he goes, I mean, it's not like you owe me your life or nothing. <laughs> this guy owed Paul his life. I mean, salvation, who knows what the rest of the story is. He's like, it's not like you owe, you know, you owe me your life 
So just like, you know, let this slave go. You know what I mean? And receive him back as a brother. So Paul was against slavery, but yet he would say, remain a slave for the sake of the gospel so that you might win your master. Is that heavy or what? So many, many will say, so, so Paul tells Timothy that women not, should not preach or be in authority over a man, right? Many will say that that text does not say that, that it's interpreted wrong, but that does not do justice to the text. Paul did say that, and that's what the text says, but it's in the same way that he said, slaves submit to your masters, right? If Paul were alive today, he would be in favor of, of, of women preaching, you know, women leaders, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, if it would be fruitful to the ministry. And how many know, I know this church wouldn't be here if, uh, if it wasn't for some on fire, sold out women. You know what that means? So, shoot, let's, let, let's raise up the women, you know, and the men. You know, we can do more. We're better together, right? So we can reach more people. Why? Because the gospel and people coming to salvation is primary, not the rest of the, the cultural stuff, right? So he, I believe Paul would be in favor of women preaching, right? A woman, uh, so a, a woman preacher in Berkeley, California actually might do better than a man, right? But you, you get like a, a, a blonde-haired California girl like my mom, and you put her in Baghdad in slacks, might not be the best, most effective, right? You know what I mean? I mean, my mom is pretty amazing. She would probably turn Baghdad upside down for Jesus because she's so sweet, Right, they wouldn't know what to do. But uh, 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 so, do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand that it, the primacy is the gospel, right? The primacy that to Paul, that was the that was the uh, 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 the main thing, right? And, and to and I believe, and that's what we want our church to be about: that the gospel and reaching folk that it, that is primary here. So that's a good place to clap. Thank you, Mar- Mar- Margie's on my side, y'all. Told me I look good today already while I've been up here and claps and laughs at my jokes. Come on. Thanks, Margie. And man, if you're watching from the on Panda app, we got uh, thousands, tens of thousands of people that, that have been watching on the Panda app. And hey, man, we just want to welcome you today. Wherever you're incarcerated today across the nation, welcome. We love you. We believe in you. So Paul even had Timothy get circumcised so that his being uncircumcised would not prevent or hinder the gospel, right? And so Paul's like, yeah, we don't believe in this. Actually, we're taking letters to tell people not to do this, that this is wrong because the apostles, you know, we talked them into this is part of it. You don't have to get circumcised to be saved. Um, but uh, why don't you go ahead and get circumcised? You know what I mean? So, what are you talking about? We literally have letters saying this is not what we're supposed to do. And he goes, yeah, I know, but we don't want to be an offense. You know, he's like, offense? You told them to castrate themselves. Now, why do I got to get circumcised? You know what I mean? Can you put yourself kind of in the, this is the, what's going on right here, right? But Paul, but Timothy submitted to that and did it, right? Because he believed in the primacy of the gospel, right, as well, and went off and got circumcised. So nowadays, we can't even get folks to come to a church work day. Come on, somebody. Or show up on time to their post Sunday morning. Uh, but I know y'all wouldn't get castrated, you know what I mean? Not castrated, circumcised. <laughs> Don't get castrated. That's a whole nother message. But we believe in the primacy of the gospel, uh, and we believe that we should be all in, 
for the kingdom, all in to reach people for Jesus. How many are with me this morning on this? The second point I want to make today from this passage is uh, about divide and guidance. Guidance comes in motion, right? So we see that Paul and Silas were going to one place, right? The Spirit stopped them, so they turned and they went another place. They're like, that's got to be it. That is the logical place to reach this entire region, right? And, and, and the province of Asia. And, and God, the, the Spirit of Jesus, stopped them once again, so they go off to this other, uh, other town, and then and Paul that night has a dream, and it is a man from Macedonia saying, come, help us, right? So they got up the next day, and they went over, and they ended up in Philippi in Macedonia, and Lydia got saved. Then the, the demonized slave girl got set free, right? And, and, and God began to move. But they followed, they followed the leading of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? And, 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 and so, like I said, logic would have suggested the Roman province of Asia or modern-day Turkey would be the logical uh, place to go, right? Uh, uh, but, but God, the Lord, redirects them. The Bible doesn't say how the Holy Spirit directed them. I know F.F. F. Bruce uh, says that he believes that it was a prophet probably at Lystra. You know, maybe a, a message of wisdom from one of the, the missionary team. But either way, the bottom line is that God made it clear to them that they weren't to go that way, weren't to go that way, and then Paul had a, a dream, and they were sent to, to Macedonia. He, but, what, but here's the thing. Paul didn't sit around and be like, I'm not going until God speaks. I'm not doing nothing. Well, I haven't heard from God yet. I'm just going to, you know, he was on the move, right? He was going and preaching on the way, making an impact. You know what I mean? Following God the best he could and trusting that God uh, 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 would direct him, trusting the Holy Spirit would confirm the direction that he was moving because guidance comes in motion. As you are obedient to the last uh, direction, the last word of God, God will lead you on. Be faithful with the light that you have and you will get more light. If you do not follow the light that you do have, you will not be given more. And Genesis 24, for an illustration of this, uh, uh, 24-7, and he, it says this, and he, Eleazar, said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left me destitute, my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So watch this. I, Eleazar was the chief servant of Abraham, right? He was in charge of the whole house. Uh, and Abraham uh, uh, made Abraham made Eleazar swear that he would get a bride for his son Isaac from among their relatives and not the people that they lived around. Right? He's all go get go get a a, a God fearing woman. You know what I mean? And uh, for my son, and, and, and make sure you bring her back here to the promised land. Don't let him. Don't let my boy go there. Right? And so Abraham encouraged uh, Eleazar. He said. The angel of the Lord will go before you, before you. So Eleazar made his way, you know, headed back to to, to Nahor, uh, and he had their camels. He had the camels kneel down by a wheel, uh, by a, a, a well outside the town toward the evening when the women came to draw draw water. And in Genesis 24:12, he said, "O Lord, grant my master Abe favor today. Give me success in my mission." 
right? Uh, I standing beside the streams and the, da- uh, and the daughters of the Tans people are coming to draw water. He said this, May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down the jar that I may have a drink, that she says, drink, I'll, I'll water your camels. Let her be the one you have chosen. So Eliezer started down a logical route to the hometown of Abe and then asked for a specific sign from God. And before he finished praying, come on, Rebecca walked up, very beautiful single lady in the town, right? And the servant asked her to draw him some water, and she said, drink and I will get some for your camels too. So when she finished, he gave her a a gold nose ring, locked it in her nose. It's it's a compliment back then. So I don't know. Maybe we should bring that back. What do you think, Pastor Lou? Just like put a nose ring in Hannah and come on. (laughs) So when she finished... Uh, uh, so he gave her the nose ring, plucked it in, and he, sa- and he says, uh, uh, I being on the way, the Lord led me. Guidance comes in motion. God speaks and he guides his people, but it's easier to turn a ship that's moving than one that is standing still. Right, so we got to keep moving. We got to keep grinding. As we are obedient to the present direction, God will give us more. Right, and sometimes, look, when we look back uh, at our at our lives, we can see how how the Lord has led us. Sometimes we didn't even; it was those gentle nudgings, those you know, I feel like God leading me this way, and and you walk into it, and you realize, man, you know what I mean? This is this is this is this is how God has led me all this way to where I am here today, you know, and and and, and that's that's my story. But sometimes uh, when you're in the process and you don't see real clearly the direction of it all, but in retrospect, you see how the Lord led you and how the Lord has been faithful. Man, let me tell you something. God is faithful. He will be faithful to you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. As you follow the gentle leadings of the Lord on a daily basis, he will get you to your destination one step at a time. God speaks to those who are listening. If you're not taking time to hear from God, don't, don't wonder why you don't hear God speaking. Don't say, well, God don't speak to me. Well, do you listen? Do you ever listen? Right? And so we got to get, I'm talking to myself this morning too. I need to take more time to be alone with Jesus, not be so busy. Come on. Right? And so we, wanna, we need to take time to hear from God daily. We need daily, we need manna. We need a word from God every day. And you know, my story started uh, with, with Christ started 24 years ago, really as a child, but 24 years ago at a recovery home uh, in Phoenix and uh, met the Lord there, was set free uh, from addiction, right? 1998, 99, I was at the Urban Training Center in Los Angeles, then from 2000 to 2003. Man, if you've read my book, you see how God led me to go to the Philippines, right? I was out there for three years, right? And then came back, got arrested on old charges, uh, back in the pen, backslid, I mean bad, for two years. I mean, I know I look good today in the suit fits and everything. I was a mess. You know what I mean? I was a hot mess, man. Those two years were the worst years of addiction, most demonically uh, 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 oppressed season of my life. Uh, and then God met me again in solitary confinement in 2006 or se- uh, 2007, 
Then I, I got on uh, parole in 2010, was healed of hepatitis and uh, C, and God led me to Springfield, Missouri. Come on. <laughs> Graduated CBC in 2013, met my beautiful wife Hannah at CBC. She fell madly in love with me. You know what I'm saying? Just, hey, you got it, you got it. What am I, I can't. Or maybe she was mad, and that's why she fell in love with me. Mad isn't crazy. <laughs> then worked at Global University for two years, and in March uh, of 2015, we launched the Friday Night Fire in Hope Homes, uh, 2016, Sunday services at AGTS, 2017, we got into this building, 2018, we started Straight Street. But as I look back over my life, I see how God led me, right? I, I, I see that uh, uh, God is faithful, and those gentle nudgings uh, that I'm so glad that I, that I listened to, you know what I mean? And even though uh, at times I was faithless, God has remained faithful Amen. to me. 24 years ago, the Lord met me uh, uh, busted, disgusted, strung out, on the run for attempted murder, right? And, 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 and I did relapse for two years, but 22 years of the last 24 years, I've been walking with God, imperfectly, but walking with God. Come on. He walks with me, he talks with me, he convinces me that I'm his own. Come on. Amen. You know, I feel like I'm getting old now. I can actually say I've been walking with Jesus for over for decades. That's bad. I've actually been walking with Jesus longer, much longer, than, twice as long as I was a strung out heroin addict. Come on. When I got out of prison in 2010, I was planning on going to Vanguard University uh, in Los Angeles and uh, 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 be connected with the uh, Ministry of Victory Outreach where, where uh, I met the Lord. Uh, but while on, while on parole in New Mexico, God healed me of hepatitis C, right, like I was saying. And then, he, it, it, and then so yeah, this is back before they had the good medication, come on. So it was the interfering of ribavirin. I saw people take that bedridden in the state pen for a year on their bed. Or they were milking it, who knows. You know what I mean? But I saw people get really sick off that, losing hair. And so, but God, I said I didn't want to put more drugs in my system. I wanted God to heal me. And he said he was going to heal me, and he ended up healing me. So, but the interesting thing about that is that I got out, I was doing my parole. Man, we were believing God. God healed me one day at a church, went forward like we have the prayer workers, went forward to, to pray, and God, and God healed me. The next day I got the blood work, right? So, but here's the thing about that. If God had not have healed me, I was going to start the treatment, right? So I was already set up. God hadn't healed me. I was set up to do the treatment, right? Uh, 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 in Española, right? Uh, New Mexico, they had the treatment center there. I was going to do the treatment. And then, but I got my last blood work the day after I got, I felt God, I went up and got prayer at the church, you know, at the uh, uh, front with the elders, right? And so, but the interesting thing about that is if I hadn't got healed of hepatitis C, I would not have come to Springfield to go to CBC because within about eight months, we, we found out that CBC was merging with Evangel, 
right? So I would have gone to Vanguard. I would have never even uh, come to, to Springfield, right? And so, uh, but when I got held to hepatitis C, I was speaking at a camp meeting. They said, come, you know, share about your healing and what God's done in your life. I was speaking at a camp meeting, and after the, the camp meeting, an old preacher came up to me and said, you need to go to CBC, Central Bible College. You know what I mean? Not, not Vanguard, right? And so through different ways, my dad had a dream of the campus. It was just so in many ways, God led me to Springfield, Missouri, right? And, and, and now, at first I was like, Springfield, Missouri? I never even been to Springfield. I didn't even know there was a Springfield. But uh, man, this is this is my promised land. Come on, somebody. So we're in, we're in the promised land. And then jail ministry in Springfield. As soon as I got here, I was trying to get into prisons, and Dr. Jaffe helped me. I got denied at Greene County Jail for about eight months. Months. Finally, they uh, uh, allowed me to come in. And it's hard to get into Greene County Jail if you're if you're a convicted felon, right? But I got in. You know, a miraculous intervention there. Got in and was speaking at the Green County Jail for nine years. God got me into the Fed Med, right? One year, the, the, the warden said, the only way that he'll come into this prison is in shackles. The chaplain told me what the warden said. That ain't right. <laughs> and so he saw my record, and he's like, yeah, only in shackles. And so, but then I ended up get, getting in there. You know what I mean? God made a way, and uh, after seeing... Uh, me year after year, they finally let me in. You know, I remember when I first went into the Greene County Jail of 2011 with Dewey Houston and Alan Thompson, and uh, we're sitting out in the lobby. Man, I'm fired up. You know what I mean? I hadn't preached, and uh, you know, and so. But then uh, 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 I went went up there, and, and Dewey's like, "You got five minutes. If you go over the five minutes, you're never speaking here again." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> feeling pumped now. And so I did. I shared four and a half minutes and sat down. And uh, later on, I ended up taking over. Uh, I led the, that group for a while, but I was going into Green County Jail for nine years, going into the OCC for seven years or so. And, uh, uh, and so, uh, but God made a way. But back then I began to feel, because I thought I was coming to Springfield and then leaving, but God began to kind of speak to me and, and felt him leading me that there was an army rising up right, right here out of Springfield that would make an impact in this nation. He talked to me about the, the church planting and the recovery homes and, uh, 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 and, and starting that in Springfield about 10 years ago is when God really started. I thought we would go to, go to L.A. or Albuquerque or East Coast, uh, but God really began to, to move upon our lives, and, and, and I felt pretty sure of it uh, early on. Uh, it took Hannah a little while longer to be convinced, and uh, she's like, but they ain't got no good food here, though. Yeah. But they don't got a bodega on every corner, huh, babe? And but she, but we fell in love with Springfield. This is our home. You can't get rid of us. And so, uh, me and my wife actually met doing doing street ministry, right? Uh, well, I had seen her before. She hadn't seen me. And then we're doing street ministry. She tried to get me saved outside the bistro, right? Or it used to be the bistro right down, downtown, right? And so uh, uh, I was taking teams to the streets, and and that's when I met my rib, right? So single folk. Keep following the Lord, be about God's business, and he will send you that man or woman of God. 
start seeking God and start seeking the lost as you've been seeking that booty call and uh, <laughs> God will bring the man or woman of God into your life. Stop struggling and striving so hard. Worry about getting close to God and watch how God will bring the right person into your life. Church planning class fall of 2014, uh, 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 there was these church planning notes, right, that were in this message. So in 8, 828, 2014, it says this. This morning I was reading 1 Samuel and, 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 and about how uh, uh, God gave Saul a sign, you know, and it was confirmed. And I prayed for a sign this day, right, uh, uh, if I should plant a church in recovery homes in Springfield, Missouri, or go back to L.A. or uh, Albuquerque, right? And that afternoon, uh, before class at Global University, they had received a, a, a letter from a prisoner, right? And, 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 and they gave it to me, right? And it, and it said, we need, you need to start recovery homes in Springfield like they have in Ohio uh, and L.A., Right then, we get to the, the the class that night, and they were talking about the Macedonia call, right? Which I had read that morning in my regular Bible reading, and then got this this little sign. I'm just this is just one sign, but I'm just showing you from my how how in my life God spoke, right? And so I'm reading that in the morning, you know what I mean? Get that letter in the afternoon. You need to start recovery homes. You know we're dying out here, and then you know what I mean? They talk about the Macedonia call in the church planning class that night. Right, and, 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 and so that was one of the leadings for me and Hannah to stay in Springfield. See, God calls us to specific places. He calls us to churches. Right, God, God calls you to a place of worship. Uh, the young man that that, that uh, had sent that letter, he had gotten out the year before, and uh, his name is Mike. I talked to him the the other day. He's doing well now, but he had a tattoo center across his neck. Right, and he's doing good now. Uh, but at the time, I was like trying to work with him. He had got out of prison, and then me and my wife went to New Mexico for Christmas. You know, homie relapsed, robbed his sister. Some other guy. I probably shouldn't say anything until I said anything. But anyway, but so he ended up going back to prison, right? And and and, and then later wrote me uh, that letter, right? And uh, I remember this too. When I was at CBC, I w I was praying. I would just be like, so. You know, uh, I, had been in, I had been in prison, and I was minister, I was an inmate uh, pastor in prison, and really speaking in prison, but then got out of prison, did my parole, you know, was in Bible school, no doors opening for me, right? I mean, I couldn't, you know, nobody, nobody was asking me to come speak at their church. Come on, somebody. So, but, but, what, but uh, I began to pray to God. I was like, God, put me in the game. Put me in the game, coach. I mean, I literally said that. And so... Uh, and, and God and God and God spoke to me. You know what I mean? He said, "Enjoy this season of your life where you have time to seek me and my word, right? Because the time's coming when you're not going to have this kind of time, and you're going to wish you did." Right. So, no doors. Would open, and but you know what? When God spoke that, that released me of any striving, like I had to do anything. Guess what? I don't have to do anything. I'm here to study, you know, and and hit the streets. You know what I mean? And try to convince Hannah to marry me. You know what I mean? That's kind of my. Just kidding. Uh, actually, she can remember anything. It doesn't matter. But so the uh, 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 and I love Hannah. Let's give it up for Hannah. Isn't I love when she's on. 
Whenever she's not on the worship team, I just get like pumped up. You know what I mean? Get pumped up. But it's part of our it's part of our joint calling. You know what I mean? Her her worshiping and me and me speaking. Uh, and so, but I was on a shelf uh, uh, for many years, right? Uh, uh, from uh, other than uh, being the inmate pastor and, and speaking in jails and prisons afterwards, from 2004 to 2015, God had me in a quiver. God had me in a place of waiting. He had me in a hiding place, right? So I had been to, to school of ministry. I had been to Bible college. I had planted churches. I had led an urban training center. But yet, I get to Missouri and no door opened. It would seem that doors were more closed in Springfield and in Missouri than anywhere else, right? And, uh, 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 and so some lessons are only learned when God says wait. When God says wait, but when God says wait, that doesn't mean just don't do nothing. It means you're still going after God and, and being fruitful. But God says, sometimes God says wait, and he puts you on a shelf. And so you know what? We get, we get people something back in the day, not anymore because now everybody's solid, but we would get people that uh, uh, were ready to preach and they'd been in the recovery home. I hadn't even been off heroin two weeks. You know what I mean? Ready to run the program. Tell everybody how to run the program. Been clean like a month. You know what I mean? And so still, uh, 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 but uh, the thing is, you know, sometimes we learn more in the season of waiting than the season of going, right? And so are you an oak tree or are you a tumbleweed? Oak trees have deep roots, whereas tumbleweeds detach and are blown away. Oak trees take time to grow. It takes time to put your, your roots down deep, right? The, the tap roots go straight down deep. Uh, uh, to find a dependable supply of moisture, and it's like an anchor. The roots of our devotion to Christ need to go deep into his word, deep into our trust and his faithfulness to us. So look at your neighbor and say, stay in the process. process. Others have been walking for Jesus for decades and still don't do anything for the Lord. Still not on a, a serve team. Man, it got quiet in here. God, just stepping on toes on both sides. I'm done. You know what I mean? I just, just offended everybody. But y'all love me, so I'll get away, I get away with it. Because I say it like I'm joking. That's the way I do it, Rob. Reverend I say it like I'm joking, but really I'm not joking. <laughs> just that's how you can do it, guys. Just let you guys and gals know that. When I was asking God to put me in the game... You know what I mean? And, and, uh, uh, and he, had me, he had me waiting, right? And, and, and so, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, no, I used to, when I was working at Global University after I graduated from CBC, was working at Global University for two, two years, right? And I, and I would clock out. So I, I had 40-hour weeks, you know what I mean? They would not let any overtime, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, but you got your 40 hours, and you had to get your 40 hours. So I was getting my 40 hours, Making eleven fifty an hour as a faculty member, and but it was the right place for me. I got fifty percent off at AGTS. You know what I mean, which is a lot of money. And so, uh, 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 but I used to clock out from uh, uh, glo- from global because they wouldn't pay me to go to speak in the jail. I clock clock out from glo- global, skip lunch, and go on Wednesdays to speak at the county jail. That's where I first met Dave Manning in in two thousand. In 14, right? So nobody was paying me to go speak in the prison, right? And there was no spotlight on it. You know what I mean? It was because I had a mandate. 
I had a calling from God to go back in. So on those days, and Hannah remembers this, on the days I would speak at the jail, I would have to stay two hours later to make up my hours at work. So 7 p.m., you know, I'm trying to get home to spend a little bit of time with Hannah before we're up, you know what I mean, again uh, uh, for, the, for the next day. You know what I mean? But woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I was compelled by God. I was compelled by a heavenly vision. You know, and even though God had me in an 11-year crock pot where my heart was prepared for, the se- for this season of our lives, uh, uh, you know, uh, people ask me, how, did, uh, uh, how long does it take you to prepare a sermon? And, you know, and, and I say 20 hours, about 51 hours, but really, you know what? It took a lifetime. People ask, wow, you, you, you just came out of nowhere, and now look what God has done in a very short, short time. And I just smile and give glory to God because, yes, he has accelerated things in the last eight years, especially in the last year, you know what I mean? But the truth be told, it was not overnight. It has not been simple. It has not been easy, but God has been faithful. God has called us to it, and he has seen us through it. God is as concerned about the journey as he is the destination. Right? See, we live in a microwave culture, but we have a crockpot God. Let's say that again. We live in a microwave culture, but we have a crockpot God. Write that down, Hannah. That was good. How many have ever read Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan? I think it's the second, uh, 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 the first, second uh, most read book in history. But so he, he Pilgrim sets out on uh, 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 on a journey, right? Pilgrimage, and he's trans- he or she is transformed on the way, right, into the image of Christ before they enter the celestial city, right? They come out of the city of destruction, the wicked gate, for those of you who have read it, through the slough of despondence and other difficult places on the journey where he's transformed and prepared for the celestial city, you know? And so... Uh, 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 we gotta. We don't want to. Uh, some people are more concerned about spotlight without understanding the preparation that goes into preparing a man or woman of God. And then there's others who actually uh, are afraid to be in the spotlight and back up from it. But God has called them to it. So you got to know, uh, kind of like the vein that God has has, has called you to. You know, and I got to be careful because sometimes I'll put people in the game before God does. <laughs> Because we got a lot of work to do. We got people dying around here. You know what I mean? And so I'll just put people in the game like, you go there, you go there. I don't know what I'm doing. Me either. Let's just go help people. You know what I mean? (laughs) Trial by fire, homie. But God leads. There is an anti-supernatural movement in some uh, uh, evangelical circles that say God does not speak today, that uh, uh, God does not get involved in specifics. But that's not true. That kind of belief would be foreign to a Paul. It would be foreign uh, 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 to a Peter because God speaks to those who listen. So the moral, the moral questions are in the Bible. They're answered. You know what I mean? Don't kill. Don't, uh, 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 don't adulterate. Don't fornicate. These are all uh, the moral. Don't kill. You know, don't hate. These are in the Bible. These moral issues, those are in the Bible. But however, the specifics are not in the Bible whether to go to Evangel uh, or Vanguard, what city to live in, what career to church, what, what career to choose, what, what, what church to attend, huh? who to marry, whether to start that business or not, 
what program to do for reentry out of prison. These, these are all things that, that are, you're not going to find in the Bible. These answers are only found through an intimate relationship through God, through the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. I've known people who were called to be with us here at Freedom City. Even there, I'm thinking of them in my mind even now. But when the going got tough, or they got offended over something or someone, uh, they ended up leaving. You know what I mean? And many times later, I, I've seen years later, have people called and said, man, look what God's done over there at Freedom City. We were supposed to be a part of that, but we, you know, decided we got offended. We, whatever. You know what I mean? We did, the, the AC was down for two weeks, and so we left. <laughs> it was down for about a month at one time. It's going good now, though. AC is going good. And so uh, 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 people have called and said, man, we, we miss God by leaving. So watch this. And, and, and I'm not saying not everybody's called to freedom. City. That's not what I'm saying. But be all in where you're at. Right? Don't be wishy-washy, man. Let's, let's be all in. Divine revelation, direction comes in many different ways. Uh, logos, the written word of God. We can read the word of God and, and, and God speaks to us, right? So if God tells you to divorce your wife and marry your secretary, how many know that's not God? God didn't say that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though I've heard it before, but that's not true. That's either Satan or the flesh because God would never tell you to divorce your wife and to marry your secretary, you know? And so a rema is a, a spoken word of God. When God makes the written word come alive, do you ever read the Bible and something just, boom, comes alive to you? That's when God makes the written word of God come alive to you. And then there's other times when I'm reading the word of God, and then in my sanctified imagination, I go off, and God begins to speak to me about something that doesn't even uh, apply to Scripture. You know what I mean? you got to be careful there because there's boundaries of Scripture but listen, man, God speaks, you know what I mean? And God has specifics. Sometimes it doesn't come right when we want to know it. <laughs> sometimes sometimes there is a season of waiting, but God, God will make his word come alive. So, But if you're not in, in the word of God, man, try to be in the word every day because then you begin to learn how God speaks. See, the word of God is a spiritual book. It's unlike any other book that when you, when you read it, you don't even have to understand it all. I'll tell you what, I didn't understand everything I read when I first started reading the Bible, but as you read of the word of God, that that builds up faith in you because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you got to be in your word consuming that every day if you want to hear from God. If you say, I want to hear from God, watch this. If you say, I want to hear from God, but you're not in your Bible, but you don't really want to hear from God. Right? God don't speak to me. Did you read, have you read your Bible in the past month? God, God speaks through gifts of the Spirit, through prophecy, through words of knowledge, right? through words of wisdom. God, God speaks that way today. It did not end with the apostles. God is still speaking. Right, God is still speaking through people. He uses uh, uh, Jana Lee and, and Jesse. You know what I mean? And, I mean, he uses us all. You know, we, we all are prophets. We all can be used in that way. You know what I mean? But you got to be careful because just someone says, hey, I'm a, I'm a prophet, and I'm telling you what. You, you got to be careful because you got to know their integrity. They got to be a part of the community. You know what I mean? They got to be uh, validated. Come on, somebody. But uh, uh, you got to be careful with that. But we believe in that. God speaks that way still today right? Uh, circumstances. Sometimes when God shuts one door, you know that's not the one. You got to go to another, right? You move to, uh, and he moves you to the left and to the right. 
uh, the peace of God guides us, right? Uh, uh, not necessarily peace in our circumstances, right? I was having lunch with Josh the other day, and we were talking about this. Not, not always, so you're not, just because, when you're in the will of God, that doesn't mean everything's going to be hunky-dory. I'm sorry. Stuff is going to suck. Sometimes life sucks, right, Cody? Sometimes it's just like, hey, things happen, and you're like, man, I'm, but I'm serving God. I, I thought everything was supposed, no, it's not, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? That when you're, when you're serving Jesus, sometimes things get harder. The Bible says, you know, that Jesus said, you know, anyone that wants to live a godly life will, will suffer persecution, right? So that's a promise. You can write that down and put it on your mirror. Come on. That could be your problem. Read it every morning to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, so, so not necessarily the circumstances. Man, if it would have been, if God's will would have been dependent on the circumstances at Freedom City Church, we would have quit a long time ago. We would have quit last year for sure, right before the breakthrough came. We would have, and every month before that for the past seven years, because it's been, it's been, it has been a struggle. But here's the thing: God's been with us. You, you know, so we're all going to face uh, struggles. I'd rather face struggles and trials and tribulations in the will of God because I know what it's like to suffer outside the will of God for a bunch of nonsense. Wake up sick, dope sick. 10 years. You know what I mean? It's like, I know what it's like to suffer because of, of my own choices, you know, and, uh, 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 but man, I'd rather suffer for the cause of Christ. But here's the thing, for people not, uh, that aren't followers of God, I don't know how they do it. I mean, go through stuff, losing kids. I mean, just, I, it's like, how do you, it's hard enough when you have the Lord and you know you can lean on him to make it through tragedies right? But I don't know how pe people make it without Jesus. You know what I mean? So, uh, 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 but you can have the peace of God in the midst of turmoil. In the midst of everything turning upside down, you can be like, well, I know I'm where God has me. You know what I mean? It may not look like it right now, but I I'm here and God's going to see me through. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, but, but, but in order to have that kind of confidence, you've got to have a word from God. And so, uh, 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 the peace of God guides us, right? But everything that God wants for your life is not written in the Bible, right? So no one take that out of context and put it up on social media saying that I said uh, that everything God says is not in the Bible, but it's not. Specifics come only through intimacy with Christ, right? Proverbs 20, this is one of my, uh, so Proverbs 26, 4 and 5 says, do not answer a fool according to his folly or yourself, you will be, uh, yourself will be just like him. And then the very next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. For years, I was like, what the heck? You know what I mean? That's the opposite. And, but you know what, it, you know what, uh, uh, you know what, which it is to answer a fool or not to answer a fool comes from intimacy with Christ, from, from getting a word from God. Right, there have been times when people have, have, have attacked me and attacked us, and I just let it, let it flow. You know what I mean? Just, I don't deal with it because I'm not getting down in the mud with a bunch of knuckleheads that don't even know what they're talking about. Right? Uh, make it, but then there's, there's been times, one specific time, when people were attacked, a certain person was attacking this church, making false accusations against me, accusing me of false doctrine, and I addressed it directly on Facebook, got down in the mud with this knucklehead, right? And, and, and so I said, if you're making any kind of accusation, you need to say it. If there's any false doctrine, what false doctrine? If there's some kind of immorality, whatever you're saying, you just say it. It's public right now. You wanted to bring it up, so say it. 
and, and, and called him out on that, right? And, and then uh, uh, a lady got on there and said, what are you talking about? You were flirting with me the whole time I was at Freedom City, and you're a married man, and I got the messages. And I was like, ooh, man, he stopped talking. You know what I mean? And, but I talked to him later, you know. I talked to him later. I said, what is going on with you? And he goes, well, you, made, you told me I had to do hermeneutics before I could speak at Friday Night Fire. And I said, everybody has to do that. And I said, if you heard your preaching, you'd know why, you know. If you... <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know what I mean? And so, but, uh, 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 so got offended because I asked him to do a class, you know, a hermeneutics class. You know what I mean? And so it, it's all good now, but, but sometimes you have to take a stand to say, you know what, that's a lie. That right there, that's a lie. You know what I mean? Prove it. And you, and you got, but how are you going to know when to drop it or when to answer a fool or when to not answer a fool? Intimacy with Christ. You got to be led by God. Come on. <laughs> Let me just be real honest and say that there have been times when I have answered a fool uh, according to his folly uh, and it has not been the leading of the Lord. Just caveat there. Still, God's, I'm still, God's still working on me, everybody. Uh, oh, but, but what the guy says, you got to take hermeneutics. Everybody does. And he said, I don't got to study. I got the anointing. I was like, if anybody ever tells you they don't got to study because they have the anointing, run like heck. <laughs> <laughs> John 5, the lame man healed at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus walks up and said to one man, out of the many that were at this pool waiting for healing, he says to one man, do you want to be healed? The man says, yeah, I, I, I want to be healed. And Jesus said, get up and walk. John 5, 19, Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. I only do what I see the Father doing. He, he, he just went off to a solitary place to pray and be alone with the Father and then came back out and healed this man, right? And how did he know that this man would be healed? Because he saw the Father do it, right? So watch this. Prayer is positioning yourself in the presence of God until he shows you what he is doing and then we participate with him in what he is doing. Jesus spent an hour with God so he could spend a few minutes with men. We spend a few minutes with God and years with men. They that are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So the last point, thanks for hanging in with me here today. Uh, 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 the last point, the cry of the hurting, Acts 16, 9 through 10, right? He, 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 they got stopped in two ways. Paul has a dream of the Macedonian call, a man saying, come out, come out, come out and, and, and help us, right? So they went out there and, and to preach the good news and, 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 and God moved powerfully. They went to Philippi and Lydia got saved. You know what I mean? And then the, the, the woman, that, the girl, the slave girl that was demonized and, 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 and using sorcery, she was set free of demons, right? And, and, and so guidance comes in motion. As Paul continued to move, as Paul continued to go, God positioned him, and then bam, he was right where he was supposed to be. When you're walking in the will of God, you know, so it's more about obedience than results, but watch this. When you're walking in the will of God, that's when you'll see fruitfulness, man. That's when you'll see results. Not always real quickly, but you will see results because God uh, 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 will bless what, bless what he's doing, not what you want to do. Like la, la, a couple days ago, we got the, you know, we're on the Panda app, and uh, I, I think, did we talk about how many, I think, I don't know how many, I think it was like 150 salvations just this week, 100,000 views just this week, but so we're getting letters. 
and they're watching right now. God bless you, everyone watching in the prisons of the United States on the Panda app. We love you. Come on. Uh, we're praying for you. Let's give them a big hand. So guidance, so, so guidance comes in motion. So, so the, I'm reading this. Uh, I, I have these stack of letters that Joshua gave me, right, uh, on my desk uh, from, from uh, uh, prisoners, and I don't have time to read all these letters, you know? And so uh, uh, I, I just picked them up, and I began to read a few of them, right? And I get a few letters from, uh, 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 from some inmates, in a, uh, from female inmates in Oklahoma at a prison, right? And it was, they said, come and help us. We've been watching you on the Pando app. And we need help. We believe that if you would just come, that it would change this prison. Is that a Macedonian car or what? So I normally go to uh, uh, men's prisons. In fact, tomorrow I fly out to go to Omaha. Uh, Omaha and Lincoln will be speaking in prisons for three days with prison fellowship. So these ladies, man, it just touched my heart. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, man, we got to get in there. You know what I mean? So we already sent books in. I got a hold of Prison Fellowship, and Liz is uh, the people I'm going to Omaha with. They're helping us get in there. They actually have a Prison Fellowship Academy in that prison, so it's like an open door. My brother's friends with the governor. I've had dinner with the governor of Oklahoma, but whatever we need to do, man, because I felt like that was a Macedonia uh, call. You know what I mean? And getting into those prisons, come on, take Tina, Shelly, and Christina with me. Who else wants to go? Maddie can come do worse. All right, we'll go in. We'll go in. You know what's interesting about that? These women, somehow they've got faith. Like if this preacher will just come into this prison, they said they had five people overdose last week. Five people overdosed, I guess fentanyl, right? O overdosed in one week out of control. And so, uh, 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 you know, so I'm flying out tomorrow. Uh, and, and leaving my beautiful wife and my wonderful kids, the joy of my life, to spend time in prisons with a bunch of convicts. Sacrificing my time, money. But watch this. I go because I heard a cry. I heard the cry, and woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. <laughs> so uh, uh, Liz, Liz was saying we were doing a, 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 a Zoom meeting before this with the, everybody that's going to be there, and she says, I've never seen inmates respond to altar calls like they do to John's message, right? They come running to the altars and fill the yards, right? And so keep me in prayer uh, uh, next week as we go uh, back to the Omaha and Lincoln, the prisons of Nebraska. You know what I mean? And, 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 but I'll be back for men's retreat. Who's ready yeah. for men's retreat? You ready, Chandler? You ready? You're on it? Primacy. That goes back to my second point, but we're on the third point. Just kidding. So, but I'll be back for men's retreat Thursday. We leave Friday morning. Friday morning, I'm speaking at the Pipkin Middle School. So keep me in prayer, speaking at Pipkin. Then we leave to go to... Uh, the men's retreat, you know what I mean? But in the, in the, the words of, of my hero, uh, one of my heroes, William Booth, uh, he said this, While women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard or an addict left, I will fight. 
while there was a poor lost girl on the streets, while people die daily on fentanyl, while people are killing themselves in our community, while people are shooting others in our community, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, we will fight and we will fight till the bitter end because God has raised us up for such a time as this. We are moving forward. This is the army that God has raised up for this hour and we will fight until the very end come on let me get the worship team to come up so three points primacy of the gospel gospel over everything mission over everything dividance comes in motion and cry of the hurting do you hear the cry god will lead us into our destiny if we understand the primacy of the gospel that we focus on eternal realities, not temporal things. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, Therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For we know that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God, guidance comes in motion. As you step out and you follow his revealed will, he will give you more direction. He will give you more revelation, right? And, and, and praying and spending time with God and in his word brings his purposes into our lives and into this world. And number three, do you hear the cry of the hurting? Let God break your heart for what breaks his. Do you hear the cry of the broken in North Springfield? Do you hear the cry in the urban centers of the United States of America? Do you hear the cry saying, come, saying, come help us? Hallelujah. We're going to go into a, uh, some worship with this song here in a bit, but I want to give everybody an opportunity and those watching online give you an opportunity to respond to the grace of God. I know this message went long. I probably should have uh, got it into two, but I really, man, I want you guys to catch the DNA. I want you guys watching online and in this house, I want you to catch, man, the culture and what we're about, that we don't want to have vision drift. Some organizations have vision drift, right? They get going and then they go to the left and to the right. But man, we, we want to stay on point with what God has called us to do, that this is a missional community that God has raised up. And some of us, some of us are bankers and accountants and, and contractors, and some of us come from the depths of addiction and you know from prison yards. You know what I mean? And, and but God is raising us up into a mighty army in these last days. And so Come on. And we're going to worship as our army in, in, in one minute. But I want to give you an opportunity because we believe in the primacy of the gospel. We believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came, that he gave his life, that he was born of a virgin, lived, li lived a sinless life, and died for my sin and for your sin. See, the way, the way it is, is it, 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 what happened is God, it, God is the judge, right? But he's also the redeemer. So he's standing on his judge. He's standing on the, uh, 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 you know, uh, up on the, uh, on the, on the, on the judge's stool there. You know what I mean? And, and he, he, he clicks the hammer down and he says, "Guilty as charged. You're guilty." 
right? And, and, and then at the same time, watch this. You're guilty. You, you deserve death because the wages of sin is death. But then he gets down and Jesus advocates and he says, I'll take, I'll take, his, I'll take what, what, you, what he's charged with. I'll take that. I'll take death. I'll, I'll cover his sin. I'll, I'll. Let me tell you something, friend. That is good news right there. That's the eternal exchange. Come on. And not only does he set you free from sin, but then he gives you a purpose. And you will only come alive when you are living God's plan for your life. When your little story gets involved with God's big story of salvation, that is only when you'll feel alive. Until you do that, until you connect your story with God's story, you will continue to be miserable. You'll continue to be depressed. You'll continue to be addicted. But as you get out of yourself and you begin to serve God and, and to serve his people and, and to be a part of this mission to reach those that are far from God, when you do that, you come alive. You have God's presence. So watch this. I don't know how you came in here today, man. Some of you came in and man, uh, you know, you've been serving Jesus for a while. You're on fire for God, you know, but others have come in today and you know what? You're far from God this morning. Others watching online, you know what? You're far from God, but God's been touching your heart as you've been hearing this message as God's presence and his spirit has been moving in this house today that, that, that your heart has been warmed. Your heart has been warmed and, and, and you feel God tugging at your heart today. Maybe you're here today and you've never had an encounter with Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to God. Well, today's your day. Or maybe like me, I, 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 I was uh, on the run for attempted murder and got picked up and uh, 24 years ago gave my life to Jesus in a little recovery home, right? And then I served God for five years and, and then relapsed and uh, facing a bunch of charges and, and, and man, my, my life got dark. Man, I remember sitting in a, a little hotel in Albuquerque, New Mexico, selling balloons of dope in the alleys and, and, I, and that little, in that little hotel room. Man, I would see little demons running around me with voices of little children. I would leave my body and demons attack me in the air, right? I, I, I would have shadow creatures coming in and out of the room. You know what I mean? I had a voice telling me, why don't you just kill yourself? Your life's a waste. You, you, you don't even know your own daughter. Never had your daughter in your life. You hurt your mom. You hurt everybody who loves you. You're a loser. You're a junkie. Why don't you blow your head off? And I would get that 45 Ruger and I pointed my head and I wanted to blow my head off. But by the grace of God, I didn't pull that trigger. You know what I mean? I was picked up a year later, sent to prison. You know what I mean? And God met me again in solitary confinement at a prison cell in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I got down on my knees. I said, Jesus, if you're still there, would you come into my life? It was like waves of electric liquid love that flowed over me for five months. Man, my prison became a palace. And God began to speak to me about the things that we're seeing happen today right here in Springfield, Missouri and beyond. God showed me speaking in prison, speaking in stadiums. When I was in a prison cell, not knowing if the charges that were on me and saw, uh, for bringing in drugs were going to stick and if I'd ever get out of prison. God began to speak a dream into my life so, so much greater beyond all uh, possibility that I, would, that I would rise up. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. When we, when we get the purpose of God in our lives, that's transformation. God has a plan for each of each of your lives in this house today. But if you came into this house, at one time you were living for God, but like me, you fell away, or you've never surrendered your, your life to Christ and said, I'm all in. 
then today's your day. I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. There in the prison, you can raise your hand just as a sign of joining us or uh, 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 watching us online. You can raise your hand as well. One, two, you were living for God at one time, but now you're not. You need to get back on track or you've never encountered Christ. Three, raise your hand if that's you from all over this place. Let me see the hand. I see a hand right there. Come on, somebody. Anybody else? I see a hand over there couple hands over there. So I want you to come forward. If you raise your hand, let's give them a hand clap as they come. If you're watching online, you can make an altar right there where you are. If you're watching in the prison, just get down on your knees as you're able to. Let's go ahead and come forward. If you raise your hand, let me go ahead and come forward. Who raised their hand? Go ahead and come forward. Don't make me, don't make me call you out because I will. Come on forward. You gotta be bold. Let me get a female to be. Christina, can you get with her? Can you walk with her? Someone, okay, who raised their hand over there? Go ahead and come forward. Don't be shy. Don't be shy now. Come on, give them a hand if they come up. All right, let's pray. Let's all pray this prayer together. Pray with us online as well. Just say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Come into my life. Make me new. Change my mind. Change my heart. Change my direction. I believe you're the only way to heaven. I believe you came to this earth born of a virgin, fully God, fully man, died on the cross after living a sinless life. You died for my sin. You took my place. And then you resurrected. And you were seated next to the Father. And you poured out your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Change my heart. Heal my heart in Jesus' name. Come on.